It slices, it dices, it makes all your dreams come true. The Creators Collective provides information not only on woodworking, but metalworking, leather, electronics and more. But that's not all. It also comes with three hosts to answer all your creating questions. Now, listen along as James Wright, Zach Herberholtz and William Walker fumble through answering your questions live each Thursday morning. Listen in now and you can have this amazing podcast for the simple monthly installment of a Patreon subscription. But we're just getting started. And we're back for another Creators Collective podcast. We are having a lot of fun here this week, as we are every week. So uh, this week we're going to be uh, talking about a couple different things, uh, particularly uh, Redwoods. We had a, a question submitted that was kind of an interesting one that uh, is a pet peeve of mine personally. Um, also new things this week, we now have a website. Uh, it is hosted through Wood by Right, but uh, you can find it by the Creators Collective podcast. Uh, if you know of who owns creatorscollective.com, we would love to talk to them. But uh, for right now, it's Creators Collective podcast. If you want to come see uh, our backlog, of all of the past shows as this is episode 66 there are quite a few of them you can go back and listen to if you'd like to do that type of thing 66 now, wow. there's, there's a lot of people out there who like to actually go back and listen to all the podcasts and uh i usually do that when i find a podcast that i like i usually go back and listen through the very first one but they uh a lot of them you know they they kind of develop over time yeah yeah, especially if you ever gone and listened to like Wood Talk, which they're on like what episode five hundred and something. That's crazy. Um, their their first ones were just it was it, they sound like our first ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sixteen. Uh, let's see, sixty six divided by four, sixteen point five months. So what? Uh, uh, almost coming up on a year and a half. Almost. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, as we started in August or September of. Uh, 20, uh, 2016. So, how many have you been on for, Will? You know, uh, he joined us in 52. I don't know. Oh, 52. Wow. So okay. 14 episodes. Time flies. So, four, 14 episodes. I was going to say 12, but it doesn't seem like that many. <laughs> I, I'm not that memorable. <laughs> yeah, I was speaking of a uh, memorable man. I watched the uh, the Grizzly Challenge. I finally finally carved out some time to sit down and watch the Grizzly Challenges, and you absolutely killed it. Yeah. That thing Thanks, man. Is beautiful. Thanks, man. Uh, yeah, and I, I, yeah. I've officially won the Grizzly Challenge on Monday. <laughs> they announced it. So, well, nice. what did you win? Yeah, I think uh, a pretty awesome shirt of a dude knocking out a grizzly bear. Nice. I like how I like how the other two got a shirt of a grizzly bear knocking out the dude. Yeah, <laughs> like that's almost. I'm not gonna lie. That's almost a better shirt. Oh, I know. I saw the loser shirt, and I was like, I want one, and then. My people were like, oh, no, you get the other shirt. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, that was, some, some, that was just really cool how you worked all the, the wood together. And it didn't – it looked natural. It didn't look um, – I feel like usually I don't like any more than three different um, – Wood you know, colors and tones. Elements to a piece. I don't want more than three colors at the most. You know, usually one or two and maybe an accent. But the, you guys had to work – with a lot of different materials on that and you, you made them flow together really nicely. Um, yeah, I think so, we're talking about, sorry, go ahead, James. No, I was just going to ask Zach what's on the bench, but, uh, um, sculpture. I actually finally got a picture kind of of it mocked up on my uh, Instagram the other day. And I'm kind of, I'm kind of at a standstill right now. I'm waiting for, I finally found a copper sphere 
that's going to go in the center of it. If you pull up a picture uh-huh. of it, you can see it's going to go right in between the the arcs that I cut out. And uh, took me a really long time to find one. It's a 10 inch diameter and yeah, it's going to take a while to get there. I was really hoping to have it done before this workbench con thing in Atlanta, which is, I think is the 22nd. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Cause I don't think that sphere is going to show up until Monday. Yeah, I'm so. really looking forward to seeing the video. But yeah, that's on that. what I've been working on. Really looking What's forward to seeing the video on that. Yeah. It's I've actually, for the first time, I've actually been going through <clears throat> every day or two, uploading all the video and like kind of doing a rough pre-edit on everything, just trimming the clips down, putting them in order and kind of, kind of, you know, just getting it roughed out, which I think is going to make it a lot easier to yeah. actually sit down and do the final edit. It's nice to work on so. it when you remember what you actually shot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cause you know, I, I shoot with two cameras. I have my, my little Canon rebel and I have a, a GoPro. So Sometimes it's it's pretty easy to get the clips mixed up. So, um, you know, actually putting them at least in order every couple of days certainly helps. So, but uh, yeah, that's that's what I've been working on. I think I'm going to take a break from commission work after this for a couple of weeks just because I have so much stuff I want to play around with. I have so many ideas in my head. It's like a full cup that's just overflowing and I feel like I need to get some of them out. So probably going to take a break from that. Uh, I am going to order as far as what's new, I'm ordering a 250 pound anvil, um, which is going to show up in, I think April, which is a ways out. It's, it's crazy. All of the like new anvils are dried up everywhere. I guess they're having casting problems. It seems like almost everything's cast in like, uh, the Czech Republic or you know, somewhere <laughs> over in that area. And everybody's having issues, uh, getting you can't even get a a petting hose right now they're having issues so but i I found one i should be able to get in april and also i know i think the last week i was talking about ordering a power hammer i've decided i'm actually going to go with the hydraulic press instead for now um i can get i mean a 25 ton press is actually going to move metal the way i need to move it faster and really what i need to do is punch and drift stuff and it's it's crazy how fast i was gonna say is a press press. uh, is a press fast enough to when you take it out of the heat um you know when you're cherry red or whatever or orange i don't know i'm not i don't know how to forge yet um is it faster than a power hammer for drawing out steel yes it is insane i'm gonna find a video while we're talking and i will yeah. put it in the live i can't I love it seeing live chat. the metal um, just like squish out almost fluid yeah it's insane like there's a video of this thing like a one or two inch round stock and like in a, you know, and he puts it vertical and just mashes it like a, like it's nothing. I mean, it's, it's insane. It's crazy. So, uh, for what I need to do, like punching and drifting is really the thing. It's not I easy to do I, one hand. Since I live in man. Florida. No, you, I mean, it, you, you can, but it's not efficient. It's easy I to mean, mess up. If you had another arm. Yeah. If you had another arm, it would be, I'm not saying that you can't do it, but you know, if you're trying to, to pound, uh, you know, to, to punch and drift like a piece of two inch stock by yourself, uh, holding the piece in place, holding the chisel in in place or the punch and swinging the hammer. It's just, it's, uh, like I said, it can be done, but you can't really do it quickly with the press. I mean, it's you in and out and it's done. It's, uh, it's incredible. So plus, I mean, for my shop space with a hydraulic press, I can, it'll be on casters so I can move it around. And since we're planning on moving in about a year, year and a half, um, 
with a power hammer, you usually need to, to reinforce a foundation a lot and, you know, they're heavy and they don't move and they're super loud. So, uh, I'm, I'm sure I'll get one eventually, but it doesn't necessarily make sense to get one in here, especially since in Florida, like half of it's over a sinkhole. <laughs> so I'd find out within about an hour and a half whether there's a sinkhole by our property. That would make a good video. Uh, <laughs> the first three hits in the house just sinks into the earth. Oops. Yeah, that's funny. How about yeah. you, James? What are you working on? Well, I've been turning a stupid bull. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Still? Oh. So, you know, I was originally thinking, you know, I, I'm used to turning a bull on a power lathe. And, you know, it's it's like a, a quick bull might be a half an hour of, of solid turning. You know, a longer bull, maybe an hour uh, for, you know, an average size, simple bull. And so I'm thinking, you know, on the spring pole lathe, it may end up being like three hours. Three hours is a, is a good estimate. Well, um, after about four hours, I finally got the mandrel working. <laughs> then I spent another six hours actually, uh, actually it was about four hours just roughing the off- outside. Uh, and then it was another two hours of removing all the stock in the middle. Uh, and all told, I think I had like uh, 12 hours total into this project uh, <laughs> to turn a stupid ball. <laughs> <laughs> But I have to say this 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 piece of burl is just phenomenal, and I'm really looking forward to the video because that's uh, that one should be coming out Saturday, and uh, I, I was just I was blown away at the, the 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 color and figure in it is it, it's phenomenal. So yeah, that was that was my week. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Will? You got something similar? Uh, yeah. So I'm turning. I turned the other half of that burl um, on my powered lathe. Uh, which took me, you know, the end of a day uh, in my shop. <laughs> so uh, in contrast to James's 12 hours on his spring pole lathe, I think I was on mine for like maybe an hour. Um, uh, and I was really surprised that cherry burl, I don't know if it's because it was so green or if there was more sap in it than I'm used to, but uh, it was like really gunking up my, my turning gouges. Um, oh yeah, yes. No, it was. It was just like it was sticky almost. Yes, I felt like it was almost almost pine resinous. Yeah, very much so. Uh, so I did a lot of sharpening. Um, where if you're proficient at turning, you know as soon as your your gouge gets dull because um, you know what a sharp chisel feels like, a sharp gouge feels like. So I was running back and forth to my grinder and my wet grinder. Um, I do. I put a new edge on the gouge with my grinder and then do touch-ups with my wet grinder until uh, I pretty much ruined the edge because I was doing it freehand. And then I have to put a new edge back on it with the power, with the, with the slow speed grinder. Anyway. Uh, so I worked on that um, and now I'm just working on the edit for the video uh, so we can release our videos together. Um, I had something that was really pretty hard uh last week a friend of mine uh, their infant passed away uh due to just a lot of uh just complications um heart defects and then trying to get her heart to work better uh and they had to pump her full of meds to keep her basically just to keep her alive which then really took a toll on her kidneys and they got to the point where they didn't know if they were helping or hurting more. And, uh, anyway, so he, 
uh, asked me if I could help him source some wood um, for his father-in-law to carve an urn out of. Um, so we went to my hardwood dealer and we picked out some really pretty 12 quarter cherry um, and I milled it down and got it flat. So you had two pieces that um, were perfectly jointed to mate. Uh, so, so his father-in-law could work on that. Um, and anyway, it was just really hard. Um, especially being a parent. Deep yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was tough. Um, but, uh, I've also been talking to, um, epically a Justin. I don't know if you guys know him on Instagram, but, uh, he is also a grizzly influencer, uh, social media influencer, just like I am, but he's on the Instagram side. I'm more on the uh, YouTube side and uh, he makes things out of recycled skateboards. Um, and so uh, I grew up a skate rat. I was uh, really, really into skateboarding. Um, and so he makes just really awesome stuff with uh, recycled skateboards, broken skateboard decks. He glues them up. Like he makes tables, he makes espresso tampers, he makes pens, he makes just all kinds of cool stuff. Um, so we're talking about maybe doing a collaboration um, and we're not sure exactly what yet, but uh, I think I want to, I'm going to get him to send me some recycled skateboard decks and uh, make something out of that. So that's what I've been working on. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, I think James just posted the video a little bit higher of that press. It's like 10 seconds long and, you guys need to watch it. it I'll have a link to that in the uh, the show notes. So if you want to see that, it's, it's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever want to have your mind blown with uh, things that should not change shape, changing shape, that, that's a good one. It's yeah, it's, it's, it, it, I, it's, you'd think that, I don't know. I saw that. I saw that for the first time, like a few weeks ago and I'm like, Oh my God, I didn't know that was even possible. So for the, for, yeah, for drawing out stock. And I just got like, 80 pounds of S7 tool steel a week ago, a couple weeks ago off Craigslist. And it's all like two inches round. And I'm not going to draw that out by hand. So. Right on. You're not as, you're not as hard headed and stubborn as I am. Uh, you know, I, I, I think at one point I was, but after, after trying to draw that, you know, tool steel out for a few minutes, you realize like there's gotta be a better way. And even uh, you, you probably even know more about this than I do, being as that you're the old school tool guy. I mean, uh, Smiths have had ways of doing things other than just by hand for, you know, hundreds of years, at least there's a, I, I saw a video the other day. There's, um, I think it was like a river or a waterfall or something. And they have this, it's like an 80 ton hammer that's like connected to some water wheel or something. And it just, I mean, this thing, I don't think I've ever seen a bigger piece of gear. I mean, it's, it's imagine like a spindle, the size of a redwood twisting and just dropping. I think that the hammer is like tens of tons. It's so, I mean, <laughs> they figured out a long time ago that, you know, smashing large yeah. stock by hand. Well, there's also the, the, the uh, water because you have a water wheel driven and then there's the, uh, um, what's his name? The, the guy in Australia who d- builds buildings out of nothing. Primitive technology, yeah, he did the one with a uh, water guy. hammer. Um, oh yeah, the hammer drop. Was, it's basically like yeah. a seesaw, and as the water fills up one side, it drops mm-hmm. and uh, then dumps all the water and fills back up and drops again. 
um, you can scale that up with good ways. Yeah, I mean, if I had like a neighbor yeah. that could that could hold a sledgehammer, it, I might. That's what know, apprentices have, are for. Having strikers and stuff, you can you can do all right. <laughs> but I'm in Florida. There's nobody hammer. There's nobody of hammer bearing uh, uh, age here, or I don't know if age strong is right old word, people. But, uh, That's what you need. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's also the uh, uh, the rotary yeah. uh, press where you have that the wheel on top. You 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 can spin. Uh, that's a that is the word. Oh yeah, the fly press. That one's fairly old. It's crazy. They don't. I mean, you see that, and you think you think it's like a vice. Like you just turn this. It's like essentially it's like a book binding press. It looks like except for you have this giant um, uh, flywheel up top with a handle on it, and you you look at it and you think you just squeeze it and squish it to like knock stuff, but you don't. You Span. like grab it and you spin it around. Is you know try and get that momentum going. It's kind of interesting to watch, but. Yeah, so old genius and genius things. Really cool. That were just like you know, someone sitting for a few yeah. years and thinking about how in the world can I make this happen. I'm I'm convinced that like generally as a species we were smarter hundreds of years ago. <laughs> I mean, like maybe not as a maybe not as a collective society, but as an individual. Like you had to think about things, you know, back in the day. Yeah, uh, um, Jonathan twenty four asks uh, Zach, have you seen uh, Christ centered ironworks? Uh, ironworks um, homemade power hammer. Um, I've, I think I have. He had a video of it. Um, yeah, I think I remember seeing that a while back, but I'll have to look that up and see if I can put a link in there. Yeah, I, I think I did see that video. He's got one about a power hammer versus a press. And as much as I'd like to, you know, build my own, I know for a fact that because I don't have the experience of working on them, like I, I've never. I feel like before you can really build something, you should at least have experience using one in its proper form. You know, like I think me trying to build a power hammer without ever actually using a power hammer, I would probably not build a very good one, (laughs) you know, and uh, same as anything, you know, I I don't have the hands-on experience of building those things. See, I feel like it's like, it's like hand planes, like, you know, I don't, I wouldn't rec personally, I wouldn't recommend somebody to buy for their first plane, a used hand plane. That's in terrible shape. I'm like, you need to, you need to use one that works properly before you try and restore one. Cause otherwise you, you won't see, I, I, I actually think the opposite of that. Um, and because I'm a Craigslist junkie and because I, my, you know, the evolution of my shop has been through before Grizzly, it was with, with Craigslist, and I would find these old, beat-up, rusty tools. Um, and I would learn more about the tools by taking them apart, cleaning them, seeing the guts of them, putting them back together, um, and knowing intimately what is going wrong if something's going wrong. Um, no, I agree completely for like learning about stuff. But, I mean, I, I think it's safe to say that like we all know what a sharp hand plane feels like. Like, if you've never used a sharp hand plane, you probably, like... You know, like if it's people might think that they have it really set up until they use a sharp one and then they'll go, oh, my God. Yeah. Well, when I when I first got started, um, I, you know, I bought my first hand plane was a used uh, junkie. Uh, I, I had no idea it was it, it was a it was a pretty poor rusted hand plane. <laughs> so I, I restored it and sharpened it up and I made wood curls and I thought this is awesome. Uh, until one day I ended up actually sharpening it a little bit better and setting it up a little bit better. And it's like, Oh, this is what it should feel like. And then a few days later I sharpened it a little bit more and it had it set up a little bit better. It's like, Oh, this is awesome. And it was like, it was like a month and a half of day after day, getting it slightly better and getting it slightly better. It was just this whole experience. Um, and I, you know, I, I, when I tell people, you know, should you get a, 
should you restore one or buy a new one? I ask people, um, do you want it to work <laughs> or do you want to spend a couple months learning about it and experiencing it and feeling it? Um, and most people just want it to work, in which case then, you know, for your first one, go buy one and, and yeah, see what it Yeah, and that's what like. I did because I understood that like, well, I'm, I want one that I know, like that I can reference and be like, okay, this is how it should work. This is how nice it should cut. Now that I know that, now I can buy the old ones and try and get them to cut this well. You know, it gives me a it gives me a frame of reference, and I think that's really important when you're working with tools or anything is to have that frame of reference to know what it's capable of and what it should feel like, and, and that's sort of, that's my yeah, philosophy. There are those there are those few weird people like me um, who that that month and a half to two months of experimentation and playing around is 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 fun. Um, Ain't nobody got time for that, James. Go for it. <laughs> but, but it takes a stupid idiot like me to do that. Should <laughs> uh, we jump into the question of the week yeah, so we can get to do it. pet peeves? Yes. Uh, question. What is our redwoods or redwood? What are cedar? Redwoods, <laughs> redwoods, cedars, cedars, etc. What? <laughs> when I think about redwood, I think about fencing, like red, orange, brown wood um, used for gates or yard fencing, barriers for kids and things like that. When I think of cedar, I think of aromatic, colorful, good-smelling, brown, orangey, maybe reddish, uh, with light flower, with light flowers of color throughout. So Close. before James gets into his pet peeve. Um, <laughs> I I have to I re, I was just at my Sawyer's um, and he was cutting up some cedar and let me just start by saying there are about like a hundred different types of cedar in themselves. There's eastern red cedar, which is also known as aromatic cedar. There's western red cedar. There is white cedar, yellow cedar, um, deodore cedar, blue atlas cedar. There's the true cedars. Uh, so. Eastern red cedar, the aromatic, aromatic cedar, is actually not a true cedar. It is in the juniper family where hmm. things like deodore cedar uh, or uh, cedar of Lebanon are true cedars and usually come from Europe. Okay, that the being cheap, said. The cheap stuff that smells like hamster cage is the white cedar. No, that's eastern red cedar. Okay, I know nothing. Really? I thought it was the white cedar. <laughs> the, th- the thing that they line like closets with that smell like a hamster's cage. That well, uh, I see. I think that like I think in my, in my mind, despite like the millions of species, I know of. I, I I have in my head. I have two categories of cedar. There's like the delicious smelling like churchy cedar that that is really nice, and I would call that aromatic cedar because it smells nice. I could be wrong. And uh, and then there's like the hamster filings crappy white cedar in my mind but apparently it's not actually white cedar like that people use for fencing that doesn't smell good uh i'd have to look at a hamster cage but uh, they don't smell like good cedar it's it's a different kind of smell okay okay it doesn't smell good it's not the good smelling cedar so they use aromatic cedar eastern red cedar which is in the juniper family um to keep like moths out of like your closet like instead of mothballs use eastern red cedar and it's and it weathers well, so you can put it on exterior projects like fences <laughs> and things like that. Okay, James, jump in. Well, um, first, let's back up a little bit. Uh, pines and conifers; um, uh, those two terms are very broad. And then you start getting into your your, your firs, um, and they get mixed and matched, and they have a scientific family designation, um, but they are very broad and are easily 
passed on to other things. The same thing happens then with cedars, um, because we think of cedars as a particular family of tree, um, but they're not. It is a it's um, often a confusing broad term because there will be trees in completely different families that are called cedar, and they'll have a scientific name of cedar, but they're not a part of a particular family. Um, and so with with aromatic cedar, the most common is the the uh, um, western. Um, but there are a couple other cedars that have a that smell that that you that you connect with it, though they're less smelling, or they may be the cheaper scent. Um, and if I remember correctly, the white um, is one of those, but it is the cheaper one because it doesn't have the color that people want when they want to line a box with cedar. Um, and so that's where you get the uh, um, the hamster cages because it's made with the cheaper wood. At least that's what I what I understand. And that that one's that's that's a whole other ball of wax. I haven't. Really so what's what's the Christmas? I always see I always get pine, spruce, and fir. Like they're really easy to mix up. Um, I mean, I like to think that I know. I mean, pines have you know the long, fingery. So there's loblaw. So there's when you talk about southern yellow pine, that is just a collection of pines. That's not a that's not a tree. That's a oh the, really? Yeah, there it's it can be any one of these. Usually, oh. so being on the East Coast in the Mid Atlantic, I'm pretty familiar with the pines that I can get in this area, and like I can look at my property and say, okay, that's um, an Eastern white pine, that is a loblolly pine, that is a uh, shortleaf pine, um, where a fir looks fuzzier. I want to say, yeah, they have like the little short. They have the short, or maybe that's a spruce. I don't know. I know what pine looks like, but I guess spruce and fir. Um, furs have a, well, the, uh, okay. Take this with a grain of salt because I'm not a special. What are the Christmas this, trees? I know a Christmas fur trees has a like. cone. A pine does not, but what? then there are some, there are some crossover. Um, cause conifers have a cone, a fur. Right. A fur. But p- pine trees do have cones. Pine then, cones. Then there are, then there are furs <laughs> that have a cone. No, I disagree completely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then I'm probably wrong. <laughs> and well, pine what cones, I was told pine cones the, are a real thing. I know that. That's what I was told from my uh, the the guy I, I bought uh, Christmas trees from. Um, so just knowing on my property <laughs> and being a friend with a forestry guy, a timber broker that comes over, um, he has told me that most of the things on my property are shortleaf pines, and they have pine cones because I've filled bowls full of pine cones for like Christmas. So, which ones are Christmas trees? Are those spruces? Oh, uh, they could, yeah, you can get anything. When you go to the Christmas tree farm, there's the con. There's like a furs. traditional. There's like a traditional like Christmas tree because I remember a story of like um, sometime in the 1900s. Spruce like, is the they, most common. I think the military sent out a bunch of people to cut out, cut down Christmas trees, and they cut down the wrong species. <laughs> like, I don't remember the story. Yeah, but. spruce is by far the most common Christmas tree. But uh, like personally, I like a, a white pine, a long needle, or um, or a con color. Yeah, um, I like the con color furs. I wonder how many people are like going to be driving down the road listening to this, just absolutely frustrated <laughs> yes. at the amount of misinformation. <laughs> yeah, we're but probably way off. Maybe we should get back like, to the actual question. Uh, palm trees are probably like the the official traditional Christmas tree or something. <laughs> Uh, and I, I still disagree with, with James, uh, about aromatic cedar. Uh, and 
I have always associated in my hard, in my, not my hardwood because it's a softwood, um, but my wood dealer, when they sell aromatic cedar, it's Eastern red cedar where Western red cedar is used for more outdoor projects. I, you know what? Yeah. I'm sure somebody's going to write us an email and set us all straight. Cause I have a feeling we're all a little bit wrong, but I think I'm right. Did- did I say Western? <laughs> I, I think did, white yeah. cedar is the stinky oh, hamster no, stuff I, I, that they that use for fence posts. Sorry. Okay. All right, I then think we are, that we're in agreement. Yeah. I don't know. Somebody send us an email and set us straight. <laughs> let's, we'll, let's actually get we'll, back we'll bring to the it up question next of podcast. redwood and cedar. Okay. Uh, right. This is uh, this is from uh, Carbonite Gamorin. Gamorian. Um, Gamorian. He's uh, is that the one that we just read? A fairly common, yeah, yeah. Um, but we we actually had addressed his question about what is redwood and what is cedar and what are redwoods and cedar. Um, and to be specific, a redwoods <laughs> are a subfamily of uh, of conifers, um, and so there are several different woods that are considered a redwood. Um, and sequoias are in that list, um, and uh, um, that are that are technically redwoods. Um, but then there are also red woods. In other words, in other words, woods that have red in them. Um, and that's where <laughs> things really get confusing is because people like to, um, put that into, uh, like you might call, uh, I've heard people talking about, um, uh, Paduke as a redwood. I'm like, no, Paduke is not a redwood. Paduke is a red wood, but it's not a redwood. <laughs> um, but yeah, there are, there's a specific, um, subfamily of, um, of conifers that are redwoods. Um, then yeah. if you think of like the, the Western, the, the Californian, um, or the, the, the large sequoias, those are redwoods. Um, and I think that there, I think that there is a cedar that is a redwood, but cedars aren't redwoods from what I've been told. It gets, it does get confusing because so when I think of redwood, I think of the redwood forests, you know, like mm-hmm. the big ginormous trees, redwood um, national park. Yeah. And when I think of, well, and I'm from the right coast, so I don't, you know, often get to work with redwood. Um, But when I think of cedar, like we use a lot of cedar for outdoor projects here. um, And there's the true cedars and then there's just what we call cedars. So they're not, so that gets even more confusing. Mm -hmm. Um, So Eastern red cedar isn't actually a cedar. It's a juniper. It's, but it's not a redwood either, (laughs) (laughs) but it is a red wood. Yeah, and if you if you're on the west coast, um, the one the the redwoods are actually fairly common. Uh, you'll you'll see those for uh, your uh, your your pine and your uh, your two by fours and construction grade furniture because they're they're very common out there. Whereas in like the the Midwest, it's mostly Douglas fir. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you'll get a different ones out. Yeah, so I, I'm I'm doing some research here. I, I grew up in the Pacific Northwest, and I'm pretty sure that we always had like Douglas firs for Christmas trees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think Jim Dockrell said that in the live chat. Um, Doug for okay, yeah, we're way out of season right now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, yeah, where is where is Shannon Rogers when we need him? Because he's the he's the tree guy. We should have we should have brought this one up when he was on here. We should have Santa Claus on. We can let him pontificate for uh, a month or so. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and I will say, don't get a spruce for a Christmas tree because they have terrible needle retention. Don't ask me how I know. <laughs> cool. Uh, well, let's let's let this one to lie and go on to the joke of the week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, oh, a s- interesting tidbit before we move on. Um, 
another thing, the Spruce Goose, if you guys aren't mm-hmm. familiar with that, that's an airplane that was built by Howard Hughes out of Spruce and it flew. Yeah. So look that up. No, I've actually gone to see that. It. It's, it's in Oregon. Yeah, it's up in... Um, it's yeah. like uh, like 120 miles inland, something like that. I actually... It's funny. That. I had I had an, one of the comments because I have that video, the bomb-proof uh, bookshelf or whatever that I built. And somebody's like, if it's bomb-proof, why don't they make airplanes out of spruce or pine or whatever? And I'm like, check this out. <laughs> I dropped the link into the airplane. That's funny. It was, it was nice. All right, so felt good. Real quick, back on spruce. Did you know that, Zach, you probably <laughs> did, um, that is traditionally what they make guitar tops out of spruce. Yeah. Yep. All right. That was, that was all. <laughs> <laughs> I, I prefer cedar myself on acoustics. But a, yeah. cedar, a cedar top? Yep. I've never played a cedar top. I'm trying to remember what the they're, the they're violin. A it's a it's a pine in uh, the Alps. Uh, I can't remember what it is, but yeah, there's a Alpish pine. Yeah, <laughs> no, there's actually um, the place where um, oh, what's his name? The famous uh, violin maker, um, uh, Stradivarius. 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 Yeah, the woods where he That's got the only uh, one his know, lumber so. from uh, is now a a huge. Uh, there's a huge business based on selling those particular trees. These are the same trees that Stradivarius got his lumber from. So you can make yours out of that too. Oh, wow. Huh. So, yeah. Interesting. But we have a joke of the week. Uh, Richard Clark. Um, I was attacked last night when walking home by a man with a power tool. There I was minding my own business and bosh. <laughs> that one's just really bad. That's so bad. That's really, really it. bad. That's perfect. We need, you know, what we need to do. We, like at the end of the year, we need to put all of the worst jokes and have a contest where people can vote on the the absolute worst woodworking <laughs> joke of the year, and then we can give them something. I'm going to give you guys a bonus joke just because I'm men- because I'm mentioned in it. But uh, Jonathan twenty four. So why did uh, no? Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Uh, all right. So, why did he use hardwoods? Because the softwood shipment got delayed. <laughs> That's bad. Okay. And why was the shipment <laughs> delayed? <laughs> because William Walker was the delivery guy. Okay. <laughs> that one's really, really bad. <laughs> all right. We were we were reaching on that okay. one. <laughs> let's uh, let's let's move on to what we're watching. Zach, uh, Will, what you got? Wait, Zach or Will? Oh, uh, Will, you're on the top of the list. Okay. I thought it was Zach, but it's not. It's Will. Um, (laughs) It's a good one. uh, The Pedula Studio, um, I think that's how you pronounce it because there's an accent over the A at the end. Um, He just made uh, this white oak desk with uh, kind of that same continuous grain drawer front that that kind of the same idea that I used on the bedside tables. Um, But his is really, really well done. And he actually made it like a torsion box, um, out of just construction material. Um, and then put almost like veneer, did a thick veneer white Oak top and the grain is all continuous. There's a waterfall legs on both sides. Um, and the reason I thought it was really, really impressive, not so much, I didn't like the, the design aesthetic so much, but the reason I thought it was really impressive was there were so many mitered corners and mitered joints in the project. And they somehow magically all just lined up perfectly. And if you've ever made any kind of picture frame or anything like that, you know how uh, any slight bit that you're off in your miter gets amplified. 
um, in your corners. And just the, this table, was, this desk was so tight all around that my mind was just Power blown. to black magic. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. I was just like, nope. Like, I wouldn't even attempt that because I know that my, my miters wouldn't be tight enough. And I was like, nope, nope, nope. And it came together really beautifully. Um, I came across, I, I don't know if I've been on like this boat building kick lately. <laughs> Maybe I should build a boat. Ooh. <laughs> but I came across a channel called Acorn to Arabella, um, where they are, they're following the process of milling the trees down all the way to building the boat. And uh, uh, really, really cool channel. But the, the reason that I found them is that they were pouring the lead keel. Um, and it, a lot of um, older boats will have, well, even newer boats, uh, they'll, they'll fill the fiberglass bottom with lead. Um, and they were pouring, uh, I think it was like nine tons of lead, molten lead. Uh, it was it was phenomenal, but the the the, the video went absolutely viral, and uh, just a cool channel. But if you ever wanted to look at, you know, what do you do for boat building? How do you actually find these pieces and trees that are shaped right to make the the pieces of the boat? It's a it's a cool channel. Definitely definitely take a look at it. Acorn to Arabella. Cool. Uh, I've been wanting to make Zach. A, what you got? Uh, sorry, I've been wanting to make a, a canoe for a long time. So maybe we'll we'll get into maybe we'll do a canoe build off. <laughs> Yeah, I, had a, I had a friend in Pennsylvania who made a kayak in his basement and I went down there and looked at it. It's like, how are you going to get this kayak out? He says, I have a plan. So one day he's, he pays for his wife to have a, a night out. Uh, it was, it was a, uh, I think it was two nights that she was gone and he opened up the, the, pulled back the carpet in the living room, pulled back the subfloor, took out one of the joists and pulled the kayak up between the joists into the living room and then out the front door put it all back before his wife came home. His wife came home and was like, how'd you get the kayak upstairs? <laughs> <laughs> how big was this kayak? It was like a uh, uh, 12 foot long, um, made out of a single piece of cedar. Wow. Okay. All right. All right. It was a strip kayak. Very cool. Zach, what are you working on? What am I? Wait, uh, that doesn't seem like the right question. Uh, sorry. What are you watching? What are you, what are you watching? Oh, um, so I, I was checking out the Grizzly Challenge and, Meanwhile, I decided to watch a few more of your videos, which I enjoy. Um, and don't get the wrong impression. Like I, I've said before that like uh, the artistic style videos aren't really my thing. But I mean, there's a few people that I think that do it right. And I've said it since the beginning, like you balance it really well. You don't have like the super corny narration about like how you were thinking at the grocery store the other day. And you know what I mean? Like it's it's not it's not like ridiculously artsy. Uh, it's just very well shot and well, like cinematic. So I, yeah, so I was checking out your stuff the other day. Um, and I just binged, my wife and I just binged, uh, dark on Netflix, which is the best thing I've seen in a long time. Um, if you guys are familiar with stranger things, uh, I would venture to say it is better than dark or I mean, dark is better than it. Um, the, the catch is it's in German. But you can put on, uh, I mean, they, the way it comes up, if you're in the States, with it comes up with terribly dubbed um, uh, vocals. <laughs> What's the word? What am I looking for here? Why can't I think of the word? Yeah, like really bad uh, voice acting and stuff. And so I just put it back to German and put on the subtitles. And uh, it's, it's super good, very deep. There's, there's like time travel, but it's not corny. It's very, very, very good. So probably the best show I've seen in a long time. So I highly recommend that it has nothing to do with making, but yeah, that's my recommendation. Well, what, what, what is your product for the week? Then? Um, 
Oh, my product of the week. I am going to give a shout out to IsoTunes, which I think I have before. But um, I'm always switching back and forth between quiet things and loud things in my shop, uh, grinding and welding and doing stuff like that. So uh, I I can't say how awesome it is. I've always had these like 3M work tunes, which are gigantic. They're like the uh, like the running headphones from the 80s. Um, <laughs> But no, the, the ISO tunes things like they have magnets. So they'll literally just wrap around your neck when you're not using them and stick together. So you don't have to worry about them falling off. So when I'm in the shop, they're pretty much always on my neck and I can just pop them in my ears. Like I don't have to look for my headphones or anything. They are uh, sound. They're OSHA approved for, for noise reduction. So, but uh, I have actually been talking to them and they're going to do if, if anybody's interested in some Bluetooth headphones, if you type in, if you go to their site and order any of them, you can type in ZHF. And I think that's like 10 bucks off or 10% off or something like that. Um, yeah. Isotunes. I like the cheap ones. They have a few, they have like the, uh, the basic Isotunes and they have the Isotunes pro. The basic ones are 60 bucks, which are actually my favorite. I like those more than the expensive ones. So Anybody looking for Bluetooth headphones? Yeah. Those are. I was wanting to get some the other day. I was. I had to use um, some power tools for a project, and I was like, "So I can't listen to my music." What's yeah, up I had that? to order another pair because I wore mine to the gym, and uh, my wife didn't check my pockets before she threw them in the washer and dryer. So I had to order uh, another pair. But um, so I have the cheaper pair, and I got them at a woodworking show um, just because they were running a show special, and I was like, "Yeah, sure, I'll give them a try." Um, my only thing i don't like about them is the battery life i'm constantly draining them they yeah i mean i can get a day out of them if i remember not a solid day but i mean a day of shop use out of them uh if i remember to plug them in at night the problem is i usually don't remember to plug them in when i'm done but yeah cool yeah what you got will um my bandsaw i feel like i've been using this uh bandsaw like to like way like I I'm using it more than any tool in my shop. Um, and it's my grizzly G zero five thirteen X two BF. Um, and it's, uh, I got 12 inch resaw capacity. And, uh, so I've been using it for turning bowls. Um, James, you and I cut that burl in half, um, using the bandsaw and I've been sorry about cutting your cord, man. Yeah, I know. What's up with that? What happened? <laughs> you ought to see the video when it comes out. Yeah. Uh, did I tell you I did that when I bought my first uh, miter saw from DeWalt I plug it in and didn't realize the cord was like right above the fence and I literally the first cut I made with it right after I plugged it in I cut the cord in half (laughs) cut its own cord in half Uh, it's like a rite of passage Uh, (laughs) like you know framing my house I bought this new circular saw Makita circular saw and I was cutting a piece of plywood and I set it down and somehow the guard got like jammed open and I set it right on the cord and kapoof, cut the cord <laughs> in half. Uh, but yeah, back to my bandsaw because Zach's thrown out coupon codes. You can you can get this bandsaw on Grizzly. You can get 10% off of it if you use the code Walker10. So I got codes too. <laughs> uh, how about you, James? I'm going to go with the uh, the old school hand screw clamp. Uh, so, you know, the thing with the two handles, one either side, the two jaws that move in and out parallel. Um, you know, even even as a power tool user, I found that to be a very, very useful tool uh, because you can, uh, 
for like holding things at the drill press or, you know, parallel clamping small items, those places where you'd want to use like a squeeze clamp, but you want to have more pressure and you want to have it over a larger area. Uh, it's an extremely useful, uh, extremely useful tool and a lot of fun once you, uh, once you figure out how to use it. But yeah, a good old hand clamp. They're not just for decoration on the wall. <laughs> I use them all the time. <laughs> Actually, cool. I use them to hold small pieces when I'm cutting them on the bandsaw so I don't cut my fingers off. That's, that's, a, that's a good thing. <laughs> well, you've listened to another 45 minutes with the Creators Collective, and I want to say thank you for coming along for the ride. Uh, I do want to say a huge thank you to our patrons on Patreon. Um, we are still re- working on reworking that and looking forward to uh, what we want to do. So if any of you have ideas what you want us to do with Patreon, uh, let us know. Uh, also, if you have any questions, comments, snide remarks, or want to correct us on all of our debauchery on pines, conifers, and redwoods, uh, please feel free to email us or leave a comment here on uh, YouTube. We'd love to uh, to see that. Any of your, your questions and comments on here, we'll try and get those online. So uh, that's about it for today. Until next time, have a wonderful day. See you later. Adios. Thanks again for listening to The Creators Collective. We publish weekly on Thursdays in iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. You can follow us on social media pages everywhere at Creators Collective. We're also live streaming every week on Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Just look up the YouTube channel to join in on the fun of the live chat and get your questions answered live. And until next time, keep on creating.